0: Hey guys, this is Chaz Wolf. I'm the founder of Bulletproof Coaching, and if you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue, and learn how to successfully build professional relationships, you should be listening to the Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend Stacy O'Brien.
1: If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne.
2: Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. Today, I'm speaking with a good friend of mine, Chaz Wolf. Chaz is a builder Simple as that. Can't get any more basic than that. He was designed to build, grow, and push all the limits of work ethic, mindset, and opportunities in business. He loves planning, talking, and executing all things sales and business. It's in his DNA. He has a hunger for self-development and showing others how to get more out of life. He spent hundreds and hundreds of hours with friends and business connections, talking and strategizing their interests long before he ever started charging for his coaching. He believes that such relationships truly catapult you forward in life. Having the perspective from someone further down the road or an expert in that field can be a game changer for your business and your personal life. He was raised by a single mother. He was afforded the opportunity to see what hard work looked like upfront and personal. It was watching his mother figure things out along with taking ownership of his life from a young age that gave him a chance to experience not only the difficulties of life, even more so the joys. We all start the race of life at different places, and how we end is completely up to us. I truly love that. Hey, I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six- and seven-figure success. I'm really excited for you to hear my conversation with Chaz today, and really quick. If you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or you just want more, and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If that sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash success That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. Okay, let's do this. Chaz, welcome.
0: Thank you so much uh, for having me. It's a complete honor. Appreciate it. Uh,
2: feelings very, very mutual. I am so excited. You know, we had a phenomenal conversation. I am so excited for these guys to get to know you. Whatever got you in the direction that you took your career?
0: Yeah, well, uh, if I'm being completely frank and honest, um, I, I didn't like school. <laughs> <laughs> there you yeah, go. I didn't, I didn't like school, and maybe someone listening can, can resonate with that. Um, yeah. Didn't like school. In fact, I slept through most of high school, And, um, and, and college was like, ah, yeah, right. Um, and so I, I did go to college. I started going to college. I'll say that, um, thought I was gonna become a youth minister. And, um, in the midst of all that got my, my whole trajectory got changed due to family circumstances and it was where I was supposed to be anyway. So leading me to business and sales, um, from, from an early age, I had already been in sales, but it was, you know retail and stuff that you do in high school as a young, as a young person. But even then I was still like loving the process of, you know, uh, selling, I was selling shoes and just crushing it, trying to be number one in the region. And as a 17 <laughs> year old, you know, yeah. um, so that's, that's what kind of got me started, uh, just because I felt like, you know, in order to be a high income earner or a big achiever that I was going to have to kind of write my own map and, and sales and, and entrepreneurship. That's exactly what that is.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's phenomenal. So, so your journey after you, after you did the shoe sales, the retail sales, everything like that, did you get into corporate sales or did you spin off and go your own direction as a business yeah, owner? Yeah. So
0: I actually, um, I started, uh, working for an insurance company, mm-hmm. uh, but not in sales. I was in, I was just in the processing department, um, uh, 19 years old, but the guy who I was, was always looking for the next achievement. I was just trying to reach for something more. So I didn't have a degree. So I couldn't be a claim rep. I could only be a claim processor. 10. But even that, I was still trying to like, hey, can you give me the books? Can I become a claim rep? No, you can't. Can you just give me the books? I want to I learn. I want to reach. No. Okay, fine. So I did that for a long time. A long time for me, like six months, 10 mm-hmm. months. You know? um, and I thought, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go sell insurance. And so I talked with my boss's boss. Um, I kind of knew him from actually my footlocker days selling shoes Mm -hmm. and his sons would come in. And so I I asked him about this idea of selling insurance and he said, you know what? You got a really good job here. You get paid every two weeks. You got great benefits and you're 19. Like, I don't really know who who's going to buy life insurance or, or, or car insurance from, from a 19 year old. And I said, you Mm -hmm. know what? I appreciate that. shook his hand and I went down to his subordinate, which was my boss. And I gave him a two weeks notice. (laughs) Wow. Okay. And, uh, and went and sold a bunch of insurance. And so, uh, passed my life and health and, and the, uh, auto and fire and, and sold a bunch of, a bunch of insurance and, uh, did that for a short period of time until getting married and kind of transitioning. And, uh, when we moved to Kansas city, um, that, that line of work was, it was still okay, but there's other opportunities. And so mm-hmm. I transitioned into selling on the phone, selling advertising to, to businesses.
2: Oh, that's a so big that sell.
0: Yeah, it was. It, it is. Um, selling to service-based companies and uh, trying to give advertising lead generation and and um, making hundreds of cold calls a day. So that was, yeah. you know, I'm 21 years old and just cutting my teeth on what it really means to be in sales. I thought maybe I was a little bit good, but really I was just maybe arrogant and maybe a little bit uh, uh, forceful. And I had <laughs> to really lean into what, what you um, teach, which is selling without selling.
2: Mm-hmm. Nice. I love that. So, so I'm curious, what do you think made you so driven?
0: You know, I'll give you, I'll give you two perspectives. So I didn't know my dad growing up, single mom family. Mm -hmm. You kind of mentioned that in the bio. And so I had some ask me, same question, like, why do you think you're so driven? Do you think it's because you don't want to become who I thought was my dad? I thought what my dad was this guy. I never called him dad, but he was in and out of prison, my whole life, Um, drugs, like the whole deal right? And he'd show up three or four or five times in my life and promised me that new chief's coat for Christmas, Mm. then not show up for like four more years. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now at the age of 24, I met my dad. I didn't know it was somebody different. So long story, huge backstory, but basically it was somebody else. He didn't even know I existed. Okay. So was I trying to become something that I didn't want to be? My answer to that early was, you know, if that's the case, it's subconscious because I don't wake up feeling like I got to hurry and get something done so I don't become that,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: What mm-hmm. I've always thought or or felt like was I got to reach, I got to expand the boundaries. Like, let's go more, 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 because that just oozes out of me. And so meeting my dad at 24, um, getting to know him, realizing that our, our personalities are pretty similar uh, DNA is pretty darn strong. He's a multiple, multiple business owner, owns land and cattle and, and businesses. And, and so it's like, wow, was it that or was it my DNA? And that's what I talked about in my bio. I yeah. was designed to build and to push and to grow because it just like, ooh, that's why I wake up in the morning.
2: Yeah, nice. So I know you have three young kids. Yes. So how, how do your children impact your ability to be a business owner and an entrepreneur?
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's a great question. It's both. And in some respects, it does limit me, right? It limits my ability to go all in hmm. as some might say, who maybe don't have children, right? Cause there are things that are on my calendar that are not on their calendar. And I have to think about lives, literal lives, my wife and my children, when I make decisions. And so some might see that as a limitation, but I see it as a, another step up in the ability to make mature decisions, because if I didn't have that, I'm only worried about myself. It's a level of selfishness that not necessarily you're choosing. It's not like I'm someone would be choosing to be single, but maybe some, but I've chosen to be a husband. I've chosen to be a father. And those are responsibilities that it's not like not in a negative way, but it raises me up as an nice. individual because I have other literal lives that I have to think about. <laughs> when I'm making decisions. So I think, it, I think it's the power. It's the, it's, the, it's the behind the scenes, especially my wife, especially my wife, because the team, like even though she's not necessarily involved in the day-to-day of my businesses, the fact that we've got our lanes, she owns her lanes, I own my lanes. And it doesn't mean that I'm out of her lanes or she's out of my lanes. It just means that we yield to each other in those lanes that we both own. And mm-hmm. we're on the same page. We don't take offense to you know, me being in charge in these areas, her being in charge in those areas the children for me, it's like legacy. It's like me growing them, building them, raising them up unto them, them raising up their children and their grandchildren. Yeah. That'll, that'll, that'll get my, that'll get my blood boiling.
2: Yeah. It's really (laughs) easy to get your juices flowing that way. You know, we were talking offline before I hit record and, you know, I have two daughters. One of them is 32. She's a nurse, you know, she, she's public service. We, we, uh, she's right in the throes of everything going on in the hospitals and, right. and she's blessed us with an eight-year-old grandson uh, and our, our, our pet name for him when he isn't around is demon seed, <laughs> 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 you know, raising two girls and, and being around him, he is just a boy's boy. He is all, different. they're, they're different, very different. different. So and, different. And then the 20-year-old, the who will be 21 in a couple months, uh, she is being groomed to take over the business. She's being groomed to take over the company. She grew up in in neurolinguistics programming. She grew up in a coaching environment, and she's majoring in entrepreneurism, and she's really, really getting into watching the transformation and evolution of people and, and feels honored to be part of that journey. And. Yeah and 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 i say that because building this business the younger one was most impacted by the time Mm -hmm. and and you know i had made a decision really early on that because we're such an influence in their their imprint years that you know when things got tough she would see the lessons in them not necessarily the effects of them And through the journey, you know, I took her networking with me, I took her to speaking engagements with me. She would sit back at the table, you know, to where people would come and, you know, and I'd sign my book and they'd have conversations with me. She's been part of that since she's been three. Yeah. And yeah. and today it's it's nothing for her. You know, when she was eight years old, I brought her up on stage in front of a hundred people. I had her talk and you know, the, this is her environment. Now the nurse, on the other hand, she loves NLP and she's taking it into medical. Yeah. So so yeah. I say that because I, I think you're in a beautiful space with these young kids and yeah. they are they are our legacy. And yeah. and congratulations for that. And yeah. you know, you and your wife understanding each other's lanes and, and still being able to carpool with each other in each other's lanes is a beautiful gift.
0: hundred percent. I love, I love the way that you said that.
2: So I'm really curious because, because, you know, the, the life of an entrepreneur, the life of a business owner, it it's a journey, you know, people always hear the zero to hero. They always see the outhouse to penthouse, right? (laughs) They, 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 they never see that in between They, they never see the if in life. Right. So, so I'm curious, has it always been easy
0: for you? Of course. Super easy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like (laughs) that's what, that's what you're wanting to hear. Right. No, of course not. Right. That's what everybody thinks though, as you just made mentioned is surely it was easy. Surely it was given to them. Surely he got a break. He got lucky. Right. And, um, yeah there's probably some moments in my life that I was in the right spot at the right time, and if you want to call it luck or favor um but I was there mm. is the point yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was right there where I was supposed to be um <laughs> and 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 that that was up to me right i had i I was the one to choose to be there in those moments and so the the struggle to victory that you're that you're mentioning is exactly what I think embodies a lot of coaches, but specifically. The, the mindset of becoming bulletproof, right? And we talked about this in our, in our initial meeting. It's like mm-hmm. the idea of becoming bulletproof or how we help salespeople become bulletproof or how we help CEOs become bulletproof. It's like this idea of turning my struggle into my story. Yeah. Or better yet, most people are feared or they fear failure. And me, I just, the sooner I could quick my brain or flip it over to the failure or is actually a due that is that has to be paid just mm-hmm. their dues. That's it. They're going to happen. I will fail. <laughs> and, and, and one of your questions on here on the, on the pre, on the pre, just get my mind ready was uh, how do you, how do you determine like confidence versus arrogance or how, yeah. like, what's the difference there?
2: Yeah. And,
0: and it's, it's EQ it's self-awareness. It's the ability to be humble. Well, how do you humble yourself? <laughs> mm they yeah. are failures, right? Your failures. <laughs> yeah. Because guess what? Everything I haven't touched hasn't turned to gold. Now, although I've had friends say, man, everything, it seems like you do just explodes or turns yeah. into gold. And it's like, well, you're right. Because from the, from the outside, you got the outhouse to the penthouse and they don't see the in-between the in are the late nights or the, the, the moments that I chose to, to skip being with my, my kids for, for yeah. a couple of days or whatever. Um, so that way, When time came, I could be at the school for a field day and take off all week or whatever it is that I needed to do. So I would say to someone listening at this current moment is that, okay, maybe you've heard, yeah, 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 struggle to victory. But what does that mean? It's like literally day to day, you're making choices and you're either going to choose the hard things or you're going to choose the easy things. Mm -hmm. The hard things are going to lead to failure, but it's going to give you the ammunition through the struggle to make your story because yeah. that's the only way that you learn. That's the only way that you propel, propel, you know, propel yourself forward. It doesn't have to be the whole, like, it's not like I'm asking you to drudge through the mud and the snow uphill both ways. Right. It doesn't, it's, it, it doesn't have to just be about the struggle, but man, the sooner in my trajectory or my, my story that the, the when i figured that piece of it out that i was just okay fine like <laughs> i'm not going to fight the failure anymore i'm going to embrace it i'm going to love the moments is when i was able to then catapult forward because we're all going to have the successes as long as you keep with it as long as you're persistent you're going to have success yeah right it's the failure that's going to continue to lag or hold you back or mess with your mindset and 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 make you feel unworthy or not enough or or that you, that you haven't been doing enough, or maybe you haven't been doing enough, but your mindset needs, a, you gotta get back into action. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, um, it's those failures that are gonna determine um, the forward motion.
2: Yeah, so you brought up the f bomb. so let's talk about failure. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so so how has failure really helped you? Like, like share one of your biggest failures and, and, and your biggest learnings from it.
0: Yeah, how about a $300,000 failure? Is oh, that good enough. Sounds fun. Sounds fun. Right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, as you probably uh, saw on the bio on the website, um, I own several edible arrangements, franchises, mm-hmm. great franchise. Um, been in that business for about 10 years and I put together seven locations within four years in three States
1: mm-hmm.
0: equals nuts. Crazy, right? Like yep. me as a young man going, okay, let's go as fast as possible. Right. Mm-hmm. And I still want to go fast. But I've learned a bunch through that. And one of the things I learned, it was a $315,000 decision, actually. So I decided to put a location in a specific part of a city that I didn't necessarily think should be there, but I put it there so that someone else wouldn't. It was the first time in my career that I was playing defense as opposed okay. to offense. Okay. No. I'm all about defense. You got to have good defense. I come from a a long history of basketball. You can't just score. You got to keep the opponent from scoring also. So in the moment, I felt like I was being strategic. In the moment, I felt like it was a good move. It was good business sense because I was playing good defense. Mm -hmm. But in the reality, I I, I overlooked the things that were necessary for that business to actually thrive because I was too worried or I was playing defense. I was on my heels as opposed to leaning forward playing offense. And so in the midst of even all of that, my wife, bless her, she tried so hard. Hey, we shouldn't do this. Hey, I think we shouldn't do this. Hey, Mm -hmm. I prayed about it. I don't think we should do this. Hey, um, I really don't think we should do this. Hey, I prayed again. I don't think we should do this. And I just kept coming back business case after business case after business case of why it made sense to play defense in that moment. And when I look back, it was literally a $315,000 loss because I closed that business. I lost money every year that business was in business. Yeah, And when I look back, I now think and go, okay, well, honey, you were right. She doesn't, well, maybe she does like the feeling of me saying that, but <laughs> but <laughs> going forward, I'm like, okay, I want to be keenly aware mm-hmm. of not everyone's opinion, but man, she knows me better than anybody. And she knew she couldn't necessarily articulate in the moment why but man she was strong on mm, i don't think we should do it and and i didn't slow down enough to figure out why so speed is my friend but man it is it is important to be able to think thoroughly and and sometimes you got to play defense but every time i've played defense it hasn't really turned out so good it's always so, been offense
2: so is it is was it a space of of fomo was it a space of scarcity what was it that put you in a defensive mode
0: great question um, fomo is a is a eh, I mean maybe a little bit because not so much fear of missing out of that specific location mm-hmm. but the achievement right okay I wanted to be the first person in the city with this many locations or I wanted to be the youngest franchisee with the most amount of franchise most amount of locations there's a there's a level of just straight achievement that is, you know, just inside of me. Now, some of it is like, it helps me propel forward. Like it's, Mm it's, it's beneficial, but Mm -hmm. then the negative side of that is that I'm obsessed with achievement, (laughs) you know? So it's like achievement isn't everything you've Mm got to have, you've got to have some different perspective. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think in that moment, yes, maybe a little FOMO, maybe it was, um, it was the, the semantics, the business case was this. If, if someone else puts a location here, then they will be able to deliver into the area that I've already de- you know, developed, spent a lot of money on. And so it was very much a protective okay. move, which mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think is always bad in business. But for me, looking back now over my 10-year history, 20 years of sales and business together, I've just always dramatically had success when I've been on offense.
2: Nice, nice. So so uh, was your mindset a play in and I asked this because I heard something. So 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 you said that you know all this time that you spent in the market building it up, and if someone positioned themselves there, you yep. could have lost your revenue share, your market share, whatever. Right. So right. that that almost falls in scarcity, a different yep. perspective. Mm-hmm. Was it, was it a mindset issue that, that, that triggered that, or was it, was it, well, I, I, I hear you're very competitive. It was your driven spirit. Nobody's going to get this. It's mine, right? Yep. Yep. It was, it was the yep. alpha male running to every tree to market.
0: <laughs> yep. A hundred percent. So that, so in that, then that, that's why I maybe answer with yes, FOMO, but not really, that's a better way to explain it. The alpha male okay. running to every tree. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, you're right. It's a hundred percent mindset in that moment. I'll tell you what, if I had been, I mean, I was doing well mm-hmm. outside of it, but if I had been crushing it or yeah. even more focused than I already was, it probably wouldn't have made that big of a difference. Right. 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 It's when it it's, we make bad choices when our pipeline's empty, right? You don't know, talk about sales. You sell like you're not like, or you, you, it's the reverse of how you teach sell without selling. It's like, mm-hmm you, you're, you're, you're pushy or you're, you're the traditional, what salesman yeah. icky ugh, yeah. when your pipeline's empty, when yeah. your mindset's jacked up because you don't have anything on the board or you don't have anything up for the month or whatever. And so it messes with you. And so then therefore you act in different ways out of desperation yeah. or in this case, scarcity or whatever. That's exactly what it was.
2: Oh yeah. Because, because, well, I, I just recently did a podcast on cost of inaction you know, when, when we're inactive, when we're not doing what it is we're supposed to be doing, the KPIs, when we're not taking action, that breeds fear, that breeds doubt, that breeds yep. worthlessness, it breeds the itty bitty shitty committee going off in our head. Right yep. when we're physically taking the action, that breeds confidence, that breeds yep. self-worth. So there, there's a huge expense to cost of inaction, and you know, three hundred fifteen thousand isn't bad. You know, you and I have have shared stories. Chaz, we have a lot in common. A lot in common. You know, I uh, I didn't believe in the very beginning in my journey of, of being a business owner that I could do it on my own. You know, for me, I came from corporate America and because I came from corporate America, we had our wheelhouse and right. it, it took a team to do things. Well,
1: sure.
2: I got a BS and BM, which was really a bunch of BS and BM when it came to building a business.
1: Yeah. And uh-huh.
2: <laughs> they didn't have an entrepreneurial degree when I went to school. Yeah. So so for me, I thought being a business owner was, was different than yeah. than my my upper management position in corporate America. So I aligned with a partner who then, you know, years later embezzled everything from me and then sued me. And, you know, we're talking millions of dollars. I lost a yeah. million dollar commercial building through it. I can go on and on, you yeah. know, bankruptcy. And then I, I'm i very, very driven. I grew up in basketball and softball. You know, I got a scholarship to Penn State. I was wow. all Army basketball. And it, when you see my company name, Pivot Point Advantage, it's all based off of my basketball knowledge. Yeah. When you're wow. in trouble, what do you need? You, you need yeah. a solid point to pivot on to get an advantage.
1: That's right. That
2: was, that was how my company was incepted. And I love your comment about staying on your toes and not, and avoiding being on your heels. And so many entrepreneurs sit on their heels and they, they, they miss the understanding of the relevancy of staying on their toes, which, which really leads me to, to my next question with you. And and that that is you you said so many gold nuggets I'm trying to pick each of them out so so you brought up you, you brought up mindset you know you and I have both done a lot of work on mindset and i too own multiple franchises in a different industry it's offline marketing it's a networking business and And I did the same thing. I went full force and opened up a bunch of territories simultaneously. My wife turned around and said, not that area. And I didn't listen. And she said, not that area. And I didn't listen. And she Uh... said, not that area. And it's the only area that hasn't grown. (laughs) So a common theme is stop listening to yourself and listen to your spouse. However, (laughs) I say that to say you, you brought up mindset, you know, what what type in your opinion what type of mindset does it take to really be successful
0: yeah i think that that's how you want to talk about you the way that you developed your business name pivot point advantage i mean now that you say that based on my basketball history I'm like yes that's incredible what you just described in regard to mindset is why i chose bulletproof because it is when you it's not perfection it uh-uh. is the state of mind first, then a state of action, and then a state of confidence, a state of uh, result, a state of all of these things. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I just want to be a bulletproof salesperson. I want to be a bulletproof business owner or a bulletproof dad. I want to be a bulletproof husband. I just want to level up in all areas of my life because that's what I'm supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's my potential. That's what, that's what I should do. It's the right thing to do, right? You want to talk about sell without selling it's because you're doing the right thing for the prospect.
1: yeah. And
0: if your service isn't the right thing, you don't sell it to them. Exactly. Right? And so that's what what being bulletproof is. It's knowing, it's EQ. It's Mm -hmm. the mindset of going, okay, I'm so self-aware that not where I'm self-conscious, but I'm so self-aware that I know how to adjust. I know that I can adjust, which brings me confidence to step into a situation, not to be completely, you know, immortal, but to just have a bulletproof vest on. Yeah. I'm going to step in. Yeah, I can maybe still get shredded, but man, I feel good. I've got this confidence about me, whether it be my mindset or my history or my sales ability, my communication, whatever it is. And I'm going to step into the situation knowing that I'm agile, that I can move, that I can, I, I've done this before, or at least I've done something similar to where it's like, okay, let's go. Mm-hmm.
2: So, so on Bulletproof, you know, I'm a vet and I, I, I was in the desert and for me, when I heard the name of your business, it hit me to my core because if there's one thing any of us need to be in life is to show up unpenetratable, not, not non-transparent, Yes. Because you have to be non you, you have to be transparent. It's important though, to be unpenetrable, unwaverable, because let's face it, things aren't going to always go your way. And there's going to be adversity because let's, any adversity just makes us sharper, just makes us better. And yeah. there's always going, you know, I, I, I tell people there's always going to be that if L life starts with an L the living ends with an E the end it's that if that determines whether or not people really live it or not yeah and and that bulletproof name it's just it's it's so on point it's so spot on so so you brought up eq i i love that 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 you brought up eq because so many people focus on the skill set they mm-hmm. lack the mindset and for me success is 90% mindset 10% skill set and they they focus on the the knowing the the being yeah. the expert, which is great. You need to be good at what it is you do. Talk more talk more about EQ because for me, EQ is the new sexy in business. It really is. It's it's yeah. the new necessity.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. I think EQ. When you think of this this person in your life, that you're just like, wow they operate on a different level Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's maybe it's results based. I'm not necessarily talking about just more sales or more money or more revenue or more employees. Those would likely come Mm -hmm. along with it. However, I'm just talking about that person that you know, you're listening to this right now and you're just like, yep, that person, they operate on another level. They see people differently. They communicate differently. They hold themselves differently. It's just, and you don't even know why, but you like, you're drawn to them. You're engaged by them. You want to get to know them. Or if you do know them that you want to spend time with them, but maybe they're really successful or maybe they're really busy, or maybe they run a ministry. Maybe they're not financially successful, but they've just got this huge following. It's just that they operate on another level. And to me, likely that person has an extremely high EQ because It's not just the IQ to understand the what, that's what you're talking about, the what. What do I do? Okay, well on a sales call, I need to say X, Y, and Z. But it's how I say it, the recognition of the fact that I'm saying it and not you, because we're different people, we have different voices, we have different personalities. And then on top of that, I'm also recognizing who I'm talking to. I'm recognizing what time of the day it is. I'm talking about what type of business that they're in. Like I have this almost 360 view of what's happening and I'm using all of that data to be able to then operate, mm-hmm. not just move forward, but operate. Sometimes it's move forward, sometimes it's back. Maybe it's step to the side, maybe it's step around, maybe it's dig a hole, maybe it's fly over, but we don't know because we're not aware. Like most people are just right here, just one, two, three. I was told to go to college and I'm gonna get a job. I was, um, I was told that I can't, I, I, was told I can't be a claim rep because I didn't have a degree. Okay, yeah. fine, I'll just be a claim processor. Uh, no, no. My, my EQ says that there is zero that that claim rep does that I can't do zero. The only difference is that they have gone to school longer (laughs) or or read a quote in regard to claim processing that you can give to me that I can read. And I guarantee you, I'm going to be a better claim rep than any of the ones that you've got. Yeah.
1: That's EQ. Right. Yeah.
2: I love it. You know, our, our education is, is completely misrepresented when it equals success you know kids are kids are told go to school get a great education that's what I was told and that's what I did and I can tell you and and look kids I'm not saying quit your quit quit school I'm not saying that right I'm just saying look at history I mean Zuckerberg didn't finish college Gates didn't Jobs didn't none of none of the big None of the big, successful, impactful people finished their education. Now, it doesn't mean that they don't regret it. It doesn't mean that they may not have gone back and furthered their education. What it means is it wasn't the book that created them. No. You know, it was what was between their ears, their confidence, their heart, their drive, their tenacity, their stickability, their fortitude. Yeah. It was the belief in self and, and them being able to lean on other people's belief on them. Because let's face it, when you walk in the room, if you're the smartest person in there, you're in the wrong room. Yeah. So it's them surrounding themselves by the right people so that they get elevated up and tap into a point that you made earlier. And now it was, this isn't about being perfect. This is about operating in a state of excellence every second of every minute of every hour of every day. And that's where people lack. People show up to just get by, and this is a foundational element that schools created. Because think about it, what do people go to school for? To pass. You know, I went to elementary school to pass to go to junior high. I went to junior high to pass to go to high school. I went to high school to pass so I could graduate. What's passing look like in life? Passing looks like just getting by, stealing from Peter to pay Paul, barely making your bills, hopefully buying a house or or a car that you like. You know, when you show up in a state of excellence, this is what allows you to do things that most won't or can't because they're not willing to do those things that you are.
0: Yeah, yeah. The willingness there that you just referred to is okay, well, 90, 80, 70%, I don't know what the exact number is, but if people listening to this right now, or even just people out there that want success, they say, well, I'm willing, Chaz, I'm willing, mm. Stacey, I'm willing, and my, my, <laughs> my challenge to everybody, including myself, is, are you, though, because mm-hmm. people do what they want to do,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: I learned that at the age of 18, 19 years old, I was listening to somebody on stage at a conference and he said people do what they want to do. I'm like, "Well duh." It's like, "No, no, no, no. Stop for a second. People do exactly what it is that they want to do. You say you're willing, but you don't. You you don't get up early. You don't take cold showers. You don't run the run the marathon. You don't uh, come in early and go to work and be, and, and so that you can get off and go to your kids recital, mm-hmm. whatever it is. If you want to go to the recital, if you want to be healthy, if you want success financially, or if you want it, it will show. Otherwise you just don't want it bad enough. And it's okay. Yeah. It doesn't make you any less of a person, but, but don't sit here and say I'm willing because you're not right. You know, it's funny because
2: I, I came off stage, uh, pre COVID and actually the, almost the, the same situation just happened. I had my first live speaking engagement at a very large real estate office. They, uh, they, they were doing a hybrid. They had uh, 30 or 40 realtors inside the, uh, the, the training center. Sure. And then yep. they had about 60-ish uh, via Zoom or whatever their meeting platform was. And uh, they, they brought me in and i'm i'm talking i can only see the people in the room because the people that were on their online platform were behind me on this huge huge wall-sized screen yeah and uh, this is very very comparable to something that happened a couple years ago so i i come off and someone came up to me and said how have you created everything you've created and i smiled same story both times and i told him you know when i got out of the military My exiting sergeant told me, if you don't know what you want to be by the time you get out of here, because you have non-transferable skills, you know, shooting someone on the streets, non-transferable, I intercepted (laughs) communications uh, for the military. That's illegal in in civilian life. So you have non-transferable skills. So if you don't know what it is you want to be when you grow up, get a coach. So I did. And I didn't know what that meant. I was driving a forklift, putting myself through school full-time. I didn't know wow. what a coach was going to help me do. And within a year, I went from making $6 an hour to six figures. This wow. coach, his, his very first challenge with me was, I want you to put yourself into uh, a seminar. Well, this is when the seminar's personal development was was just starting, you know, the, sure. it was in the nineties. Yeah. And, and, and he goes, not just any seminar. He goes, I want it to be a four-figure investment, and I want you to put yourself in a VIP environment. Now, I was making $6 an hour. I thought this guy was nuts. Sure. And so I did. I found one. It was the trifecta of professional development. It was Jim Rohn, Bob Proctor, and uh, Brian Tracy. Okay, yeah. I had the front row VIP section. I paid $1,500 to be at this event. Jim Rohn comes out on stage and he says, now pick up your pen and I want you to write down right now what you're going to make this year. So I did. It was 30 grand. And then he goes, now I want you to figure out what 30% of that number is. So I did. It was nine grand. Son of a gun. Of, that the and, and he turns around and he goes, that's the number you should be investing in yourself every year. 30% of your annual revenue. Yeah. I'm looking at that number, like, how am I going to live? Because <laughs> <laughs> at, at, that only left me 21,000. Yeah. So I got a roommate. That's, that's, that, that was my answer. You know, when you ask yeah. yourself the right questions, the you get the right answers, right? Exactly. Yep. So, so then at the very end of the event, the offer he made was exactly nine grand. And I was like, man, this man knows his target market.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I invested in his program and then got a roommate, cut my expenses. And I did that, I did exactly that. I invested 30% back into myself every year, I still do. You know, and now I have a multi-million dollar business. During COVID, it was a little harder to put 30% back into myself yeah. because travel doesn't absorb that when you're not allowed to travel.
0: <laughs> yep, exactly, you had to get a little more creative.
2: Yeah, so, so I, I'm having this conversation with this real estate agent and she looks at me and she goes, I can't invest 30% in myself and I looked at her and I said when did you decide that and she goes I can't even pay my bills now and I said so what you're telling me is you're living beyond your means and you're allowing yourself to prioritize your dreams versus your luxuries. Because you're postponing future gratification for immediate gratification. And I'm going to tell you what I tell people all the time. Choice is a powerful thing and suffering is always optional. Don't sit there and tell me you want the life I have if you're not willing to do the things I've done to create it.
0: Yeah, yep.
2: And she looked at me and she goes, well, that just doesn't make any sense. And I said, it will one day. Allow yourself to ask yourself different questions.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and the difference between that gal that you just described and you all those years ago was not why can't I, but how can how I? How can
2: I, yeah. yeah, yeah. And and you know, it's, it, it's funny because that, that brain that existed then existed when I went through this whole encounter with losing my million dollar building, my million dollar business, you know, I woke up, I went to bed a millionaire and woke up a pauper. I, I I had 16 cents in the bank and I had bills of a millionaire. And, and I also had a coach and my coach at the time was a really expensive coach, expensive. Now keep in mind, I understand price is only an issue in the absence of value. When I say expensive, you know, she was a few thousand dollars a month and I had 16 cents in the bank. So that's kind of expensive then.
0: In and, to cents, yeah.
2: <laughs> and, and I called her and, and I was like, I don't know what to do. Yeah. And she goes, what do you think you should do? And I answered the question and she goes, and what else? And I answered the question. And she goes, what else? And I answered the question. And she goes, Stace, it sounds like you know what to do.
1: Yep.
2: And never once did I say I need to stop working with you. Never once did I say I, I need to, I, I can't afford a coach. Everything was how can I shift my reality now? And not investing in myself was never an option. Yeah. So I, I, I say all that because I want to come back to that EQ. Yeah. You know, because I really think that so many people focus on their IQ that they forget to tap into who they are, what they are, they they forget to tap into their why, they forget to tap into everything that drove them to start their endeavor.
0: The easy black and white answer is what they want so much is, is more valuable to them than what they have now or what they could have now. That's the easy answer, Mm -hmm. right? Which is the same reverse answer to um, why they wouldn't is because they value what they have now or what they could have in the immediate, as you pointed out, as opposed to the later They, they say that they want the lifestyle or whatever later, but, they they can't they can't let go of the 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 luxury or the convenience of whatever it is that they have now. Now referring that to EQ, it's the self awareness piece. It's the not just self awareness. It's it's full awareness, right? Because mm-hmm. if I have the three sixty view that we talked about a few minutes ago, then I can genuinely see or envision what it is that I say that I want, whether it be like you mentioned financial, car, house. Uh, lifestyle, send your kids to college, mm-hmm. whatever, or if it's just a place of of uh, freedom, a mindset, a state, right, that you want to be in, but you can't, <clears throat> you can't choose to trade the things of today for the things or the hopes of tomorrow if you can't right. actually put yourself there and think, smell, see, taste those things. The reality of it is, is that your EQ or your awareness of those things is just not deep enough. Mm-hmm. So then therefore, when you make the choices today, it's like, eh, eh. and then you choose what's easy or you yeah. choose what's, what's regular or you choose what's average. Yeah. Because you're just not quite there. It's not burning enough for you. It's not big enough. It's not, you're not there. You haven't spent time thinking about it, dreaming about it, smelling it, thinking about it, you know, all those things. I, I told a story, um, not that long ago, cause my wife and I are in the process of building a home. And it's on a piece of property that I purchased, but it's next to a home that we used to live in. So we purchased, purchased a home, we were living in a house, and um, and I have this big mower and I'm mowing like five acres. Like it oh, takes, wow. you know, three, four hours every weekend. <laughs> and it's commitment. And part, right, exactly. Part, part of me loves it because I get to get away from the craziness of business and life and kids, and I can just be me on the mm-hmm. mower, not thinking about anything or thinking about a lot of things. In fact, I had friends would be like chess, come on, dude. Like you make way too much money. You shouldn't be mowing your own grass. Like let's do the math here. And my answer to all to that was always, you know, it gives me peace. It gives me time away. I actually enjoy doing it. But but the, but the underlying thing to all that was I would spend time thinking about the property next door,
1: 10 acres.
0: It was like, little open area maybe we build a house over there i know that that, that the, the owner was a little bit older and and uh, his kids lived out of state so i knew that they did, probably didn't want the property and i just began to like literally allow myself to go there mentally I was, nice. it was literally envisioning what it would be like to purchase the property and maybe one day potentially hardly maybe maybe just maybe build a house and and so when we bought the house or bought the property a couple of years ago it was like okay now we bought it like wow i really envisioned that where's the house going to be where are we going to build the house and this that and the other and we had a bunch of things happen we actually ended up moving out of the state and uh we were kind of like oh man i thought we were going to build a house but okay well maybe not you know no big deal we're we're flexible we moved to florida for a year and when we came back after all that kind of summed up and, and finished up we came back and it was like it's time to build that house and so we're literally in the process right now so every time we go over there and the framing is coming up they're about to put the roof on And I drive up and I don't think like, oh man, it's going to be amazing to live in this beautiful house. It's going to be a gorgeous house, a beautiful estate. My Mm. wife came up with the whole thing. Like she drew it out on a napkin and we took it to an architect. (laughs) Like, hey, can you build this? You know, we didn't know. Can you make these things fit together? This is what I envisioned. So my wife literally just like, we're building this house. And that's really cool. But it's like the time that we spent thinking and dreaming and envisioning what it potentially could be like is like, Mm. I can now see it literally being built. That's what... That's what the 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 if you can if you can grab it if you can hold on to it if your EQ can get you there, then you hold on to those moments years ago when it was me trying to buy the property and mowing my grass or when I bought it but then we moved and it was like well man no, I don't know maybe we'll hold on to that dream maybe it's, it just hasn't come come yet you know so anyway mm-hmm. that's kind of an elongated answer but
2: no I love it you know because I have a belief if you can see it you can learn from it if you learn from it you can fix it and create it Yeah, absolutely I love that so. So one of my favorite keynotes that I do is, are you selling or are you closing? And mm-hmm. I'm really curious as to what the difference is between selling and closing to you is.
0: Yeah, selling is promotion. It's persuading. It's, yeah. uh, it's um, showing or, or telling someone of a better way that you think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Closing is the beginning of helping. It's yeah. the beginning of serving. I cannot help you until I close you. And so closing gets like this wrap. In fact, I was just talking about this with uh, some folks in the industry the other day. It's like sales as an industry has created this thick skin, rough and tough. I've got to almost like stab people in the back in order Mm. to win thought, you know, of like who I need to be and who I was actually describing. Maybe this is you, if you're listening. It's the person who through ego and hard work, they've made it to six figures. They're making 100, 125, 150, maybe 175. And honestly, they think their stuff doesn't stink yeah. because they've got this thick skin. They feel like they're bulletproof to a degree, but they're not serving anybody but themselves. It's all ego. And they're not really closing anybody either because they, they don't remember the names of their clients. They're not following up to get, to get referrals. They're not doing all of the things that you do when you build real relationships and you're genuine. Yeah. It's the, why is there a gap between about $150,000 income in sales and 250,300? dollars It's a coach, EQ, awareness, looking at others, serving. So to answer your actual question, what's the difference between selling and serving? Selling is promoting, persuading. I have never really tried to persuade anybody of anything. Although Mm -hmm. there are times when I need to speak with conviction. There are times when um, it's my duty to make sure that this deal gets done Mm -hmm. because I understand their pain. The relationship leads to me understanding their pain. Me understanding their pain leads to the conviction or what you're maybe saying is selling is like trying to persuade them to see my perspective because if I see their problem, but they don't, it's my duty to get them to understand their problem so that I can help them solve it. Not so that I can get a deal, not so I can make money. Yes, those Mm -hmm. things happen, but it's about serving. And I can't serve until I close the deal. You can't close the deal until they're on the same page. Sometimes you got to sell, but really it's like more of a conviction. It's my duty.
2: I love that. So I have a three-part question for you. Love it. And, Let's go. and okay. So part one is what is bulletproof and how does someone become bulletproof? And what do you think prevents entrepreneurs, sales professionals from being bulletproof?
0: Yeah. Bulletproof, as we've discussed is a state of being in a and penetra- Like you mentioned, yep. it's, it's, it's a, it's a place where you walk in to a phone call, to a room, to an event, to your family, Mm -hmm. to your marriage with poise and posture because you've got EQ, you've got confidence, you know that you're doing the right things, you're looking out for people, you're not selfish, you've got some humility. It's like this mix of all these things. You're not perfect, still going to make mistakes, but you've you've achieved this level of, like you said, I, I I can feel confident walking in knowing that... I'm impenetrable. And Mm -hmm. how do you become bulletproof? I think that it goes back to the big F word that we talked about, your failures, your struggles, Mm -hmm. turning your struggle into your story. Because when you realize that it's the struggle that actually gives you the things to learn from, the things that you've identified of losing your building, losing your business, losing your partner even. The fact that, yeah, they're the one that left and they're the one that stole the money, whatever, you went through a loss Mm -hmm. of a human relationship. Mm -hmm. You learn things in that process things that you'll do differently and things that you'll still do the same. I bet. Yeah. But now it's validated through the process of your struggle. Mm -hmm. And so how do you become bulletproof? Well, okay. Yeah. You turn your struggle into story, but Chaz, what does that mean? Well, number one, you get a coach, right? We're in the coaching industry. You got to have somebody that's in your tail, not like in a bad way, but somebody who can like pull you forward there. This is the person in your life that literally is able to pull more out of you than you can even pull out of yourself. Yeah. for periods of time until yeah. you can become bulletproof and then return the favor to other people. Your third thing, the third part was?
2: What prevents people what from prevents? being bulletproof?
0: Great question. Um, I would say probably the number one thing is ego, mm. which is your arrogant comment before, arrogance and confidence.
1: Yeah,
0: um, Ego doesn't always look like arrogance though.
1: Yeah.
0: Ego just means I think I have it all wrapped up. I, I already know. And you could be completely not an arrogant person and still think I don't need help or that I'm done. That's really what it is. It's, it's a feeling that I've arrived. Hmm. That is not a, that is not EQ. That is not self-awareness. No. No. That is definitely not being bulletproof. Bulletproof is even though I have may have become bulletproof or a degree of being bulletproof, I am always going to hang my hat on. I'm not done right for the sake of reaching for my potential, mm-hmm. but then also for the sake of my own humility, like, man, the, the moment that I think that I'm done, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done yeah. for. Yeah, right? absolutely.
2: You know, one of the biggest gifts I ever gave to myself was right before COVID happened, 20, 2019, I had put myself through uh, a different form of self-discovery. So I, uh, I, I took an entire journey with Deepak Chopra, with, with Deepak Chopra in 2019 for several months. And and I really immersed myself into a lot of his uh, coaching and a lot of his work. And for a, a lot of my listeners now, I'm a very hardcore type A personality. I'm the Yang part of the business. My wife is the Yang part of the business. And for me, it was finding that, that quiet, that space. It was, you know, because reality is ego self exists ego yeah. self is within all of us and yep. building a relationship to w- with ego self to know that ego's there and to know that ego doesn't have to lead is a brilliant space to be in 100%. and and when you're okay being quiet with self then you're always okay yeah and and, and ironically, so we are, we ended, we ended that phase of our studies working with him in October, 2019, and then COVID happened. Right. And talk about a lot of quiet time.
0: Oh
1: yeah. <laughs> it was a
2: beautiful, beautiful gift. And if there's, if there's any advice that I can give to any of you, if you're not okay being alone, that's exactly what you need to be.
0: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I would say that, um, one of your questions on here is kind of what you do to recharge, you yep. know, yep. whether you're an introvert, extrovert. Okay. There's a lot of, a lot of extroverts in sales, you know, and they don't necessarily recharge from being alone. Mm-hmm. Okay, fine. But to your, to your point, you have to be able to quiet your spirit. Yeah. You got to be able to quiet the inside to be able to think. Yeah. And that doesn't, that, that pays no mind to personality tendencies, right? It's, it's you, like you said, being okay with self, it's, it's you identifying that, There's this whole thing is greater than me. Mm -hmm. And I'm in tuning myself with the fact that it's not just me. And even just being quiet. I like to go hunting to answer the question on the sheet. I like to go hunting, sit in a deer stand or I'll go hiking with my uh, dad. not hiking, but hunting with my dad. We'll go, we'll go elk hunting, Mm -hmm. take a 40 pound pack and we'll go 10, 12 miles a day in the wilderness for 10, 14 days. Wow. And talk about physically intense. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: However, unbelievably sobering just it's no lights like there's no vehicles there's no chainsaws we have to use horses if we if we if we harvest an elk we got to use horses there ain't no buggies there's no four-wheelers it's the actual national wilderness and it's just us and the creatures right and then the stars above and so there's a different state of mind when maybe not every day I'm doing that but when I'm able to do that it's like wow yeah I feel about this big and good for me because it's like you said, when you start feeling bigger, it's like, ah, uh, no, no, I'm too, I'm too close to that feeling of arrived and I need to humble <laughs> myself again. Yeah. You know, I need to go get, get into a bigger pond, you know, where I'm a small fish again mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and challenge myself because otherwise you just, it, it, the end comes too soon.
1: <laughs> mm.
2: It's one of my favorite things to do to, to humble myself is, is go sit on the beach and watch the ocean. Cause it reminds me of, of, how i don't want to say small but how 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 much of a part of the world we really are you know right. when when you're sitting yeah. on millions of grains of sand when you're watching those waves beat against each other beat against the water when you're watching the sun dip into the water it makes you realize there's just so much more and and i say that the reason why i brought up that that journey of of self awareness and finding self is is because that mind chatter that happens, it's going to make you or break you. And your relationship with self is going to call that itty bitty shitty committee out on the carpet when it starts deploying. And and when you're okay in the quiet, because let's face it, we may be business owners, we may be entrepreneurs, some people may be solopreneurs, however it is you're carved out, you're not always alone. You're as alone as you want to be. However, if you're not okay being alone, then you're kind of in trouble.
0: Yeah. 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 It's the realization that, um, I mean, I guess we always try to surround ourselves with, you know, people, spouses, our children, businesses, you know, all the things that would keep us busy, Mm -hmm. but you're right. Like there's just so much more of a depth um, to life, to creation, to the order that we call everything, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, yeah, that's great perspective. And I think for anybody listening, the last 10 or so minutes of what we've been discussing, yeah, maybe seems a little like, you know,
2: Woo-woo. warm and
0: fuzzy <laughs> and foo-foo. Yeah. But but I'll tell you what, um, it's the quiet of the morning. It's the quiet of the evening. It's the whenever you can create quiet that is allows your brain to, to um, operate on another level.
2: Yeah. You know, The business is about fast pace. It's about self pace. It's about driven pace. And it's about the quiet pace. And when you can find that harmony and all of the above, it just becomes easier. Success is only as hard as we make it or allow it to be. And when you're constantly, you know, the, the metaphor I like to use is if you're chasing success, it's no different than chasing a dog. The second you start running after it, it'll run. when you stand in a space of quiet and belief and trust and faith and you love yourself that dog's going to come tackle you with kisses Mm -hmm. success is no different yep so i say all of that to say yeah what is the best advice that you can give to someone who's just starting out starting over or struggling
0: yeah um you need to clearly identify what it is that you want. We talked about this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what it is that you think that you want, what you say that you want, but you need to identify what that is, that, that is what we've talked about of thinking, feeling, envisioning, smelling, picturing, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You got to really, really, really identify what it is. and You got to make sure that that's what you want, whether it's financial success, whether it's legacy with your family, whether it's whatever,
1: mm-hmm.
0: identify then you have to create a game plan to get there. Mm. The game plan is the written path. It's the, okay, that seems far fetched for me to be able to buy that piece of property and build a brand new house, a million dollar plus estate. When I just bought this house over here and I'm <laughs> 28 years old, like, yeah, I just bought this house. I have a couple of business. Like we're going businesses. Like I, I don't have, it's the roadmap. Okay. How does that actually going to work? Mm-hmm. What, Am I going to, I'm crushing these targets specifically in my job in my sales role so that I can put this amount of money aside so that I can buy some real estate, so I can buy this property, whatever it is. It's the, it's the roadmap. Mm-hmm. And you just got to go do it. So those are three things. Clearly identify, create a game plan and go get it done. Go after it. Don't be afraid. Reach. The failures are going to come. They're dues. Just go.
2: Yeah. They're loan, They're, they're learning lesson moments. That's all they are. So Chaz, welcome to the signature question of the show. And the signature Hi. question of the show is, what does selling without selling mean to you?
0: Yeah, selling without selling is the art of relationship and using relationship to understand pain or problem so that you can bring a solution because you genuinely care about serving the other person.
2: Mm, I love that. Thank you for that. So- yes. Chaz, welcome to the random realm. See, I believe that success leaves clues. Yeah. And, and I like to extract uh, golden nuggets from our guest experts so that our listeners can go, oh, I really like that and then apply to self so Perfect. that they can start implementing change in our life. So I have a couple of questions for you. Okay. So uh, you, you partially answered the how do you decompress and recharge question. Do you have, yep. do you have anything to add to that?
0: Yeah, I do. And the, the initial answer was I go hunt, right? And mm-hmm. so um individually, the more quiet is, you know, sitting in a tree stand, it's cold outside, and I'm just waiting, hoping, praying for a deer <laughs> or a turkey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and more of that is is pr- time for me to be in prayer and just reflect and be be uh, uh thankful for even just the time to be there looking at the wilderness or the or the woods and and to have that in front of me. Like nothing else pressing in front of me other than just to sit here. Um, of course the elk I described that to you. It's a whole nother level of decompress through intensity, which Mm -hmm. fits me. Like I'm just an intense individual, high, high energy. And so for me going 10, 12, 14 days, you know, eight to 12 miles a day with a 40 pound pack. And that's only before you shoot one. And when you shoot one, you got to harvest it and you got to, you got to quarter it out and you got to you got to haul the, the, the quarters out and you got to hang them in a tree because it's grizzly country. And, and just in case you don't run into a grizzly, you got to make sure you're carrying a sidearm and a bear spray and <laughs> super high intensity. And you're thinking, Chaz, how in the world do you decompress and all that? But it's, it's, it's not business. It's not family. It's not anything other than me in the wilderness. And, yeah. and then plus it's me and my dad. So it's like mm-hmm. father, son time. I get to be the son, all the other times of life. I'm the one, I'm the one in charge. I'm, yeah. I'm the, I'm the top of the food chain in my family in my businesses in my stuff. Right. But those are the few rare moments that maybe I didn't get to have growing up that I just get to rest under my father's wing. Mm,
2: I love okay, so that. I love chain. that. Yeah. So my next random round question for you is what's your favorite word and why?
0: <laughs> um, I actually, I actually wrote down, Oh, well, I wrote down bulletproof, right? Because like, how can it not be bulletproof? <laughs> right. Um, and 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 uh, to be honest with you, if I didn't have if I had your history or if I had military experience, I think that would be more, it would resonate with me on mm-hmm. a different level, like you mm-hmm. said, like it did with you. But bulletproof, even though I haven't said the word bulletproof for years and, years and years and years and thought about it in that way, it is everything that exudes like me, like Chaz Wolf. Like, I like I want to be. I want to level up. I want to be excellent at everything that I do, which I think is encompassed in, in this you know, idea of becoming Bulletproof.
2: I love that. I love that. And, and I'm going to sneak one more question in because right. I want to extract as much as I can for these guys. So my last question is, what's your favorite way to consume personal and professional development? Do you like to read? Do you like to go to life trainings? Do you like self-development? How do you like it? All. Self-paced, I mean
0: all everything as much as possible anytime all the time every time and I'll give you a little bit of definition on that <clears throat> so uh, I have an audible account uh-huh. I purchased the uh, the annual whatever gives you 15 or 20 books and I'll go through and I'll order the 15 or 20 like I just did a few days ago and I just start working through them and as soon as I'm done buy it again yeah and I'll, I'll listen um, whether I'm at the gym working out or if I'm on my bike riding or if I'm in between certain things, maybe driving, traveling. I'm going to try to put it, you know, an AirPod in and, and listen as much as possible. Reading, I'm, I'm reading my Bible every morning and I'm reading mm-hmm. my book, whatever the book is, every night. And so I want to try to get that type of learning in as well. And then um, as far as uh, like, obviously I pay for a coach, right? So I've mm-hmm. got like one-on-one personal, like, hey, you know, you know what's funny about the part? You mentioned it earlier and I almost said something, but it really wasn't on topic, but it's like, I pay my coach to tell me usually what I already know, like you said. Yeah. But there's a transaction happening. It's a transaction of value. Literally when I give him money to tell me the things that I probably already know, it is so valuable to me. And Mm -hmm. I cannot explain it any other way other than you don't know unless you know. And when I, when I put, when I put the money where my mouth is of I want to get better, Sometimes it's just a matter of having somebody in your ear telling you what you need to know. Like we've already determined just so that you actually go do it. So that's coaching. Of course, I've gone to live events. Um, I mean, I, I, I was a sales executive for, for Grant Cardone, like 10 X, uh, uh, event. Now there's obviously, uh, you know, the selling without selling like that maybe not fit with Grant Cardone as much, but right. And maybe that's why, you know, things didn't really work out that, that way, but, um, events, um, um, I'm down for it all. Anything I can grab my hands on to where I can level up and further become bulletproof, I'm yeah. all over it.
2: You know, I love that because that's like the common denominator with every one of my successful guests is they all have coaches. They're all in masterminds. They're all in group coaching. They all have one-on-one coaching. They all have multiple coaches. I have eight coaches. You know, they they immerse themselves in self-paced study, you know, downloadable Uh, at home courses, they immerse themselves in live events, they, they reading, you know, I have, I have a physical library of real touching books. And I have probably about 1500 books on my iPad and Kindle, I have I'd say probably a thousand audible and I'll, I'll I'll read and listen to a book at the same time, because I'm going to get different things from that stimulus.
0: hundred percent. Yeah. yeah it's,
2: I, I'm a personal and professional development junkie and I'm proud of it because it's making me yes. doing what I am today.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Cl- count me in. I'm in for the club. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so, so Chaz, it's been phenomenal talking with you. And I truly appreciate you coming on on today's episode. Um, I'm curious if our listeners want to get a hold of you, reach out to you, follow you, what's the best way for them to find you?
0: Yeah, of course. Uh, On social media, uh, whether it be LinkedIn or Facebook, you can just find me just uh, at Chaz Wolf. Uh, Otherwise, um, my website is chazwolf.com, C-H-A-Z-W-O-L-F-E.com. And you can interact with us there. You can get a time with myself or my team to chat about our programs and stuff like that.
2: Your success is important to me and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least. I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com talk to stacy That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to stacy Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you.